is Friday, March the 24th, 8 o'clock on the dot. This is Coffee Talk. I'm first warning meteorologist Eric Burris on a beautiful Friday morning. We are waking up to comfortable temperatures and those temperatures are going to be on their way up. Let's take a live look outside our tower cam over in Brevard County. Mainly clear skies. Gotta love that. Comfortable temperatures. Certainly have to love that. Let's take a look. First warning, live Doppler radio. We've got some rooster rings out west from the birds and bugs and all that fun stuff as the sun came up. Kind of see that there over Lake and Sumter County. But otherwise, the radar is a nice and clean sweep, right? Love it. Temperature-wise, waking up to readings comfortable. Not as chilly as where we started the week off, right? We're sitting at 59 degrees in the villages, 55 degrees for us uh, in Ocala. It's 57 in Daytona Beach, 58 degrees in Titusville. And look at Melbourne right on the coast. Love it. 60 degrees. Looking like a great day, my friends. We know that the temperatures are going to be on their way up. We've been talking about this for a while. There you go. Average high temperature this date, 80 degrees. But with a southerly wind going to be a warm one. 79 by 11 o'clock, 85 degrees by 1 p.m., and nearly 90 degrees our high temperature by 3 o'clock this afternoon. So get ready for the heat. And by the way, and let me just pull up the seven-day forecast because it is Friday, which means we've got a guest joining us for the Coffee Talk drive-thru. And this is, this is, if not my favorite guest, this is going to be one of my favorite guests we've ever had. And I'm not just hyping it up because he's on the other screen. Um, and we may have to get him to do the, the weather, even just a little bit for, for old time's sake. But look at this seven-day forecast. 89 today, 90s for us this weekend. A sprinkle or two is an old front, washes out, doesn't give us the opportunity to give the cold from the cold front. Um, and then into next week, a front does finally make its way in, bringing a few showers and popping that heat bubble, even if it's just a little bit. From 87 on Tuesday to 80 degrees on Wednesday. From near record heat this weekend to near average temperatures by mid next week. So not bad at all. All right. All right. It's coffee talk. Give me one second. Have to take that sip. All right. So listen, people, um, if you're new to Central, and I know there are so many of you, but if you're new to Central Florida, today's guest on, on the coffee talk drive through is someone very special. And again, I'm not just saying this because he's he can hear what I'm saying. Um, today's today's guest is Tony Minolfi before Tony Minolfi. This is the guy that took Central Florida through thick and thin for decades and decades and decades. And um, when I was, this is going to sound very bad, Dave, but when I was a child growing up in Central Florida, it was... Dave Marsh, that was the Dean of Weather. So let me introduce you to the former Chief Meteorologist at WESH, Dave Marsh. Dave, good morning, sir. Very good morning to you. Nice to be with you. It, it's great. It's great to have you. So um, Coffee Talk, I do this every day, seven days a week, and um, it, it's kind of neat. It's a little community of weather nerds. Um, it, it, it gives me the chance to talk about the weather but get, we we talk nerdy. Uh, I Right down to when there's severe weather, we'll go over a skew tea. I mean, we get that in depth. So it's it's very fun. It's a neat little community. Um, and then on Fridays during the quieter season, we we, we bring people in. We've, we've talked to fellow viewers. This year's theme, we've kind of said, let's let's talk to some some notable meteorology types. And so your name was the first on the list, I have to tell you. So people do remember you. Oh, well, that's good to know. So first off, um, catch us up. So you're retired. What year did you retire from West and what have you been up to since? 2006. As a matter of fact, it will be 16 years this July, the end of July. Uh, so I decided to say that was enough yep. and uh, let somebody else do it for a while. So uh, it's been that and uh, hung around for a couple of years. And then we decided to move down here in South Florida. So that's where we've been. The palm trees growing out of my head. <laughs> just a tad warmer than you are in Central Florida right now. So uh, just been relaxing and uh, trying to take it easy, work around the house, catch up. And uh, my daughter lives down here and the grandson. Yeah. We just graduated college. And uh, so just uh, doing that. Love it. Doing a lot yeah. of reading. I still have my weather books. Uh, believe it or not, I don't do anything uh, uh, like 
operational forecasting down here at all, but I do keep up with the climate because that's a big topic, topic lately. Oh, yeah. Kind of looking at Antarctica and trying to get reading about information down there and see what the researchers are up to and yeah. try to be informed about that. But the day-to-day forecasting, I don't. So you do, you still dabble a little bit then. So do you, do you miss the daily forecasting or is this dabbling that you do enough to keep your, your, your whistle wet? Yeah, I'm a dabbler. Yeah. And, uh, the day to day uh, stuff, uh, I can say that even over the years, my family never even asked me, <laughs> she knows, Dad, what's the weather going to be tomorrow? And, uh, so I guess that would happen in any family. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, and down here, you know, the recognition is not as high as it would be in Central Florida. Uh, but once in a while, I remember when we first got down here, I had to change doctors. And the one doctor I went to, and he's looking at me, and he finally said, uh, "You know, where are you from?" <laughs> I said, "Well, I had just moved down from Orlando." And he combined that with my name. He said, "You're the one that did the weather up there." <laughs> they apparently have a you know, place a condo up in near Central Florida someplace yeah. and a cable system picked us up. So so even down here, and I've been recognized and while well, I was working in strange places, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, I can remember uh, once we were in Washington, D.C. Somebody was yelling at me from across Pennsylvania Avenue. Oh, my gosh. Hey, 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 that type of thing. And perhaps the strangest place uh, was in Death Valley in California. <laughs> I was out there. And I went into a gift shop to get something for my grandson. It was real small at the time. And a guy said, you look like the weatherman from Orlando. Oh, my gosh. Turns out he was a retired engineer from the Cape. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I guess he's, you know, as some people do, they take these summer jobs, and that's how they get to go around the country seeing these these different things. But that's what he was doing. So I was recognized uh, down there. At the same time, this is toward the end of my career. I was up there. I think it was around 2000, something like that. Mm-hmm. I had travel. I was by myself. I went up to Bishop, and I was sitting there eating a donut and a cup of coffee, and an outdoor thing right next to the highway. Yeah. I'm going by. Nobody's beeping their horn at me. Nobody's waving. Nobody says, "Hey, you stupid weatherman." Right, right. And, you know. And there are times that you'd, you'd want to be left alone. And the other, the conflict is being success in television. You want people to recognize right. you. Right. But once in a while, you want to sit down with coffee. And when I was drinking coffee back in those days and, and have a donut and just kind of look at what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's too funny. So you and I, before we came on live, we're just discussing your career a little bit. And, and I want to share that um, with everybody because it's such a unique thing. So Dave, you've retired 16 years ago now. Um, how long were you at Channel 2? Uh, just slightly under 38 years. Wow. So you, you got your start when Orlando and Central Florida was quite a different landscape. T- tell everybody about that. I think it's so fascinating. Uh, okay. Uh, it, it was just the place I wanted to be. When I, uh, I got down here in the first place because I was in the service in the Navy. And I worked at the weather station at the Sanford, Florida Naval Air Station. Oh, okay. Believe it or not, a lot of people, new, new people don't know that. It was a naval air station. Yeah. The airplanes that used to be on aircraft carriers back in those days, they couldn't be out there all the time, so they had bases inland that they would come into and spend time and kind of catch up, fix the planes, and the pilots could take a break, that type of thing. Yeah. So Sanford was one of those places. So we used to have, but they had to keep practicing landing on aircraft carriers, which they were able to do on the runways there. So... Uh, we had to forecast the weather for them. So that's where it all started. Then I left after two years there and went to uh, Kodiak, Alaska. And in those days, that was the Fleet Weather Central. And that was my grandest time in the weather business. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we pumped out weather maps you wouldn't believe. <laughs> and it was during the, you know, when Vietnam was getting cranked up. So everybody was heading over there in ships and airplanes right. and stuff. So right. we had to do a lot of forecasting for that. The dew line operations, which an acronym for uh, Defense Early Warning System. Mm-hmm. They had a line of, I guess, radars up there in northern Alaska, Canada, and Europe to make sure missiles weren't coming over from Russia. Yeah. We had to forecast that, the ice forecasting, and uh, I'm telling you, I learned so much up there. It was just... Uh, I can't imagine. Every day, 24-hour shifts, 
And uh, that was just uh, a great place to be to learn weather. Because as you know, that's the source reason for the weather we get down here. Absolutely. They crank up up there, those big Aleutian lows, and yeah. they make their way down here. So that was a great learning experience. Then I got discharged. I came back to Florida. This is nothing going on. Uh, when I went up to Washington, D.C., and that's when I started working for the National Weather Service, which, as you know, in yeah. those days, it was in Suitland, Maryland. Yeah. They kind of shared a building with uh, the Census Bureau, but now they, I guess they're still in Camp Springs. Now. They are, yeah, uh-huh. Okay, and that's like where all the raw data comes that everybody around the world relies upon, and, uh, and, the, and the forecast as well. So I worked there for about a year, and that's when I ended up with the TV job. So you, so you're up there in in the Maryland area doing the National Weather Service thing. How do you even, how do you even approach the TV world? Like I, I, that, how does that transition happen? I, uh, I had a friend in the Navy at Sanford, believe it or not. Okay. And I won't go into his story, but he ended up at Channel Two. Okay. Uh, working there, so I had that connection. Sure. As I say, it's not who you are; it's who you know. Oh, a hundred percent. And anyway, I would call him periodically to say hello, and he knew I wanted to get back to Florida. Yeah. So I called him one night from work. It was about 10 o'clock at night, I remember. And as soon as he heard my voice, he says, hang up. I'll call him at the TV station. He had moved from Channel 2 to WFLA in Tampa. Yeah. And he said, I'll call them because a few of the people knew me. And uh, so you call it in five minutes, you call them, which I did. One thing led to another, and I came down and auditioned. And I would, if it was the way it is now, I would never have been hired because I had no experience, no skills. I did weather, but not TV skills. Right, right. But the station was in a lot of turmoil, new owners, management, new people, anchors, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So they weren't all that overly concerned about immediate rank uh, right, ratings. Right. And so I came down, auditioned. They seemed to be pleased with it, so... Yeah, you know, I kid somewhat about uh, people asking me about that. If it was like back in those days, they just kind of grabbed somebody walking down the street. Hey, come in and do the weather. Come in and do the news. Well, but you you were a very unique breed. You know, when I was growing up, I recall you were the meteorologist. Everybody else doing weather at that time was a weather person, but did not have the background like you. That's, that's true, yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I remember one of your competitors there in Orlando. At 11 o'clock, they had a 15-minute newscast uh, when I started. And uh, we weren't on overnight. I think we signed off at 1 o'clock in the morning. And uh, entirely different work. Three, st- excuse me, three stations, uh, PBS, and that was it. Yeah. Now we no, have a five-and-a-half-hour morning show, Mr. Marsh. <laughs> 4 30 a.m to 10 a.m and it is a marathon <laughs> yeah yeah they were just kind of getting into that uh, when i left of doing those so when you started yeah, especially the morning stuff which started i guess before the today show i guess and mm-hmm. uh they did it for an hour and finally at one point they said well we've already got the crew in there Let's add another hour onto yeah. it. <laughs> and it has kept going and kept, you know, I mean, when, yeah. so I'm trying to think when you were, I mean, you did several iterations of a 10 o'clock newscast on WBAT and it's, you know, so like all of that was already kind of in place under your tenure at WESH. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I think the, the morning was just what has exploded. And then of course, social media, you know, like every day we're doing 50, you know, a half an hour on Facebook and posting to Twitter and. No, I never had to, uh, do that thing, thank goodness. Yeah, as I say, got to or or had you know, the. Realize that to, to to come up with a forecast, you have to look at the raw data. Yeah. Say, okay, this is what the forecast. This is what I know. Apply what you know uh, what the forecast is. But if you're you're doing social stuff and uh, you know another well, forecast for this station, another one for that station, you have to do something for the radio stations. Right. Uh, oh yeah. Doing any of those, but we did back then. I had to keep remembering to do to call them to do that. I did mine in the evening. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I only did one. What's nice now is is at least we can record, you know, so we can record our radio station thing, send them an FTP file, and 
if we need to update it. And, and I can do it. You know, there are days where I'll be out of the office. It'll be kind of in between shifts. And it's like, oh, there's some showers that shouldn't have popped up. That wind turned just <laughs> enough off. So I'll, I'll just pop on my phone. And my wife and my in-law, they'll all laugh because I'll be outside doing a quick thing just to ship it off to the radio station. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we've got a couple of questions from people. Um, and one, and, this, and this, is, this, is, this is a good one. Brian asks, I know that WESH 2 is the very first news station in Central Florida to have Doppler radar. What role did you play? How did that work out being kind of an insider in that day and age? Well, first of all, uh, Channel 2, WESH, as we say, uh, was the first station to have radar. We had it back in at least the mid-60s. Let's see, I came down in 64. I think we had it by then. But they had a radar days, then? Oh, yes, absolutely. I did not know that. Well, that's what we called it. Okay, okay. <laughs> but it was a real radar. It was old Navy radar that they had taken and converted for TV use. I mean, it was awful. I mean, it was so awful that uh, when I became the, the chief weather guy, I said, take this thing and up at the top of the building on the roof and drop it. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it was just no good. Uh, that's what they started out with. <coughs> Excuse me. And then... I said, uh, I went to the management and said, we have to get hooked up with the National Weather Service. Yeah. Now, the National Weather Service was new with their radar. Do you know that they cranked their stuff in 59? Yeah, yeah. The old ANFPS 68 was or something like that. And uh, so we managed to get a hookup. The radar was in Daytona Beach. That's where the National Weather Service office right. was back in those right, days. Right, right. And they had like over, this is kind of a side note, back in those days, it was over 400 local National Weather Service offices. Wow, okay. Yeah, it wasn't until later that, what was it, the late six, uh, 60s, 70s, yeah. they decided to consolidate. And I don't know what they're down to now. And that's why they shifted to Melbourne. Right. That's where it was located, plus the Cape operations they had it there. Right. And all the great guys down there. But in those days, my days have started. It was in Daytona Beach. And they had to take kind of a feed off of that. And they had to set up a, a deal in that old hangar at the Daytona Beach Airport, you know, from World War II, to make the hookup to microwave it back to the station. Oh, wow. And they had no air conditioning in the hangar. So it got overheated all the time and kept shutting down. Oh, my gosh. That is so it's, funny. Yeah. So, uh, and then later on, and I forget which owner it was now, I have to think. I worked for five owners. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Pulitzer was the one that owned it when we got what is now the radar. Yeah, no, we had uh, Coles. Well, I can't remember. Coles. Pulitzer. I forget. It was four or five owners. Yeah. Just if people wonder about the news business that changes all the time. In 38 years, I had four owners, 14 news directors. Wow. I can't tell you how many anchors that kept you know, coming in and out. One of the <laughs> notes that I tried to say, well, I was there for 38 years. And, you know, a lot of people can say they worked wherever they worked for 30 some odd years. Right. The way I like to say it, I worked in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and the 2000s. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's... <laughs> and and I'm, I'm proud of that. It, I mean, you had quite you had quite a tenure, and and what's kind of fun is there are so many people um, that are commenting, like Bruce says, bringing back wonderful memories of long ago weather reports. You know, there's, I told you, the people remember you. You you know, you made a difference, and and I, I get, my wife tells me when somebody reaches out to me and says that they have. You know, they've watched me and they want to do weather. I, I feel very uncomfortable because I'm like, I'm nothing special, but I'm I'm doing the very same thing to you. And I don't mean to make you feel uncomfortable, but but you, you know, with that long of a tenure, you you impacted me in in how I shifted my career. And all of these folks that are that are joining us, there's you know, through the day today, there will end up being you know thousands of people that have watched this. Um, Sure, some of them may not remember you, right? That have moved here soon, uh, most recently. But there's a lot of people um, that have either planned their lives around what you had to say, or in their moments of of of, of concern, leaned on you to get a little bit of information to help them feel better. So uh, I I have to thank you seriously for that. Um, 
But I also have to follow it up with a question, which is, what in that long career, what was one weather event that had you the most concerned, perhaps? Uh, Wow. Uh, I would have to say probably uh, Floyd. Mm Mm-hmm. 70, no, not 79. That would be 99, I think. 99. Uh, no, not Floyd. It, it was in 79. Oh, it was Hurricane David. There it is. Okay. Yep. Uh, that came up along the southwest coast and came across central Florida. No, it was up the east coast. I'm sorry. I forecasted or had it something to do with a hurricane or 300 hurricanes over the time. So right. Yeah. It was a little bit confusing. But it was David because... I think that's what made my career, actually. Oh, interesting. <laughs> well, I was on, I started on around noon on a Saturday. I did not go off the air until Tuesday morning. I was the only one doing the weather. Oh, wow. Never stepped. Went, went straight through for the whole thing. Not only that, my competitors had to keep saying my name. <laughs> did, why, did they? Uh, no, back then they had to talk about Hurricane David. Oh, <laughs> right over my head. <laughs> But that was coming up the coast, and everyone was too sure whether it was going to move inland, it's going to stay. Now, it wasn't a major hurricane, but it was a hurricane. As it just, the eye just stayed right along the coast. Yeah. And as you know, further north it went, it was moving off the coast because the coastline was inland. Right. So people worried about that. And uh, but Floyd was another one, as a matter of fact, because that was coming down and was headed right toward Miami, right where I am now. I mean, it was a monster. I have a big picture of it uh, in the house someplace yeah it's just an awesome awesome sight it was just a beautiful hurricane and it finally it took that nor- northern turn i thought oh and uh we were on the air and uh one of the anchors said something are you concerned about this and i said well yes well that yes pretty much cleared out Brevard county yeah right <laughs> so i, I remember it very careful what you say and the way you say it uh, determines whether people will evacuate or not. I mean, that was if 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 memory serves, that was like that was a Category Five storm. Floyd, if I recall, it was a Cat Five right as it was, and and it started weakening as it started to recurve. I'm trying to. Re- I mean, I remember it was a beast. Yeah, I think when it came up there, it was maybe about fifty miles. Yeah, offshore. So the main part of it, the hard, the worst part of it was offshore and it was on the eastern side of the eye right so that was a big big break yeah that that was that reminds me of of in in more (laughs) recent days dorian where you've got this beast of a storm heading right to you and you you knew it was going to lose its steering but just how close to florida was that going to happen (laughs) yeah that yeah it was all all tough and uh perhaps the other event was the back in Oh, five when we had that series of storms yeah. for about six, seven weeks, one after the other. I'm telling you, that was quite a time at the TV station. They were bringing food in to feed us and trying to find a way to get a break. Right. And uh, it was just, it was, a, that's when I started thinking about retirement. Yeah. Said, this is ridiculous at my age. <laughs> yeah, one after the other. And I've talked, to, I've run into other uh, uh, people who have worked for the National Weather Service. I had that kind of a situation. I remember talking to a guy. He was head of the uh, weather office, National Weather Service in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And he had a couple of winter storms. And he said, that's it. Yeah. I mean, it just engulfs you. It do- and, I mean, uh, I, that was, so I started in, in TV in 2001. I was working across the street from you. I'm sorry, Dave. Um, <laughs> but but that was the year, it was that 04, 05. I was, I was wrapping up college and it was... While you were saying enough of this, I'm sitting there like, this is great experience for me to prep for a career. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, all of that. And like I say, with that, uh, that one that came along with my name on it and being on for, what, two days, two and a half straight days, something yeah. like that. Uh, that's, that's what it takes. And, uh, and I had young people that would come in there not just in weather, but in news, yeah. you know, the interns would come in there trying to learn the business, yeah. still going to school or something like that. And I said, yeah, my first two years at, the, at Channel 2, I worked seven days a week. Now, we didn't have all the newscasts back then. 
you worked seven days a week. How did you do that? I said, I loved it. I needed experience and I was getting it. We weren't on that much. I think we did. We didn't have any noon show, I don't think. It was just the, from five to five to five. I think it was five to five thirty to six thirty, mm-hmm. and then uh, eleven to eleven thirty. Yeah. On the weekends there was there was two news camp. Matter of fact, I remember the opening. We were called Newscope back oh. in those days. Oh. And the anchor would always send a guy was by the name of John Armstrong. Yeah, let's see if I can remember this. This is Newscope, and there was a big rocket going off. This is Newscope, scanning the world's news, sports, and weather. Good evening, I'm John Armstrong. Wow. I'll never forget that. <laughs> how, how wild. I, that, that's, I mean, you, you've seen the, the, the world, ter- in, at least meteorologically, you've seen things work so much. So I have to ask, and somebody, somebody had mentioned this earlier in the chat. So you worked up in Alaska, and we were discussing that a minute ago. Um, one of my... I'm I'm 22 years in in television weather, 17 with the company, um, and one thing recently that has kind of helped get me re-energized is long range forecasting and kind of dabbling in techniques. Do in your work up in Alaska, did you ever look at the Bering Sea rule, the Bering Strait rule, or or or, or kind of uh, study that at all? I just have to ask because you worked up there. Yeah, no, I don't remember that. I. Uh... Let's see. I know we had rules. I can remember when I first got there and I started analyzing some upper earth charts, which are a little bit easier than the surface charts, especially in Alaska. Yeah. I mean, we had the whole, almost the entire northern Pacific Ocean, yeah. Alaska, even to the west, into Russia, mm-hmm. plotting that huge map, plotting the data, and then analyzing it. But uh, I remember doing it, and the forecast, she forecasted time he came over. I think I was doing a 700 millibar chart mm-hmm. for those who are into that. And he said, up one, over two. I said, what are you talking about? He said, the way the weather pattern works here, you move the system up one degree and to the east, two degrees. Uh-huh. Up one, over two, and just kind of copy. You had to be careful when you were copying. Yeah. Because sometimes you'd get fooled. But but that was the general rule. How interesting. It's the 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 Bering Sea rule just just for nerd domain. If in your dabbling, you're interested in this. Uh, the 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 theory is there's a certain area out in the Bering Sea that's a teleconnection to the United States. About two and a half weeks. So for me, it's kind of an interesting thing to look over there and make the teleconnection two and a half weeks later. And you could, it's not perfect, particularly when the jet stream gets weak over the summer. But in the winter months, you could have some fun tracking storm systems there and then seeing them show up here two and a half weeks later. Oh, absolutely. And those things really got cranked up there. The locals have a name for the uh, storms. They weren't hurricanes. They were just roundly tight, yeah. low-pressure systems. Yeah. And the locals called them willy-was. Oh, yeah. And two, well, maybe it was two or three weeks before I was discharged and had to leave, they had a willy-was. And this is like 80 to 90 mile per hour sustained winds. Wow. Sustained winds. And uh, with gusts maybe up to about 110. And I remember wow. the barracks were, the windows were rattling and the dust was coming through. And uh, when you walked outside, you get one place to the other, you had to lean into the Oh my gosh. Wind. And of course, the first day, all the garbage cans and everything were all blown away. Yeah, right. But, uh, and, as an analyst, a surface analysis, I mean, you had so many isobars yeah. in that map, and you had to be careful that it didn't turn it into a spiral. Right. Because you know all those lines are separate. And so yeah, it just was mind-boggling. Wow. All right. couple of questions. And while I ask you this, uh, folks, feel free to ask some more questions. Um, my, my question is, out of everything that you experienced in television, what is the one thing looking back you say... That is ridiculous. That was ridiculous. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that was ridiculous. You know, I really can't I think of anything offhand. I can think of a lot of strange things that, uh, that happened. Uh, but ridiculous? You could say strange. Like, for me, I think, like, when I look back, I think I'm going to say consultants. <laughs> consultants. 
Well, yeah. Oh, I see. I see what you're talking about. Yeah, that that was uh, one thing. And uh, uh, I remember a consultant coming in, and she, uh, God bless her, just doing her job, you know. And he had the weather people. I think there was maybe three of us back then. Yeah. They sat down, and <laughs> she said uh, they looked at about maybe the first minute of my weather cast. Turned it off. Says. Well, Dave, what did you think of that? I said, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> no, no, what did, what did you think of it? I said, I thought it was pretty good. You know, and you get into these kind of discussions, and I really hated those. Yeah. Uh, I had, uh, I remember we had a consultant who will not be named, but we met out at the, the hotel there. It was on 436 and, uh, and I-4. Can't remember the name of the hotel, but that's where we met on a Saturday morning. Of course. Yeah, yeah. And this guy had his flip chart. You know, he's he's going through this whole thing. And finally, I remember, and folks will remember Buddy Pittman, who used to do sports. And Buddy was pretty much straightforward. Not mean, he was just honest. Yeah. And this guy was saying all sorts of things. And finally, Buddy said, uh, your company has been with our station work for 10 years or something. Yeah, yeah. He says, why are we number one? <laughs> well, you know, and then he started him hauling around. Well, you know, this and that. It's such, there's so many variables. Why, why, why people would watch a television or one individual. Right. I used to have a, um, a framed thing of two letters. One was a postcard, actually. Uh -huh. and, uh, and I learned this right away. I thought it was hot stuff when I first started. And uh, I, I, I'm getting sidetracked here. But after the 6 o'clock news, I went out to eat. Mm -hmm. And I'm driving down 1792, and I got the radio on my car. And the guy, it was a call-in thing, and the guy called in and said, who is this idiot that they got on Channel 2? He is awful. He's talking about me. And my balloon was just you know, going off. I thought, well, I thought it was good. Did you call? So that, that was a good lesson. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he called in. But the other one, the letters that I was telling you about, the first letter was from a lady. You are so gentle. You're so kind. You have a nice voice. And you tell us really the good things, you know, on and on. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's nice. And that kind of letter can kind of get you carried away. Then I also had a postcard. <coughs> no name on it. No address. No return. No nothing. All it said was, why doesn't that idiot, Dave Marsh, get the Chicago weather? <laughs> So I thought, I need to be somewhere in between these two. Yeah, right. So I put them in a frame, and every day I look at it, stay in the middle. <laughs> do you, do you, did, you, did you really frame it? Oh, yeah, I still got it. So in, in today's day and age, the social media, people can write the nastiest stuff. And the oh, emails. I can't imagine. I wanted, to fr I wanted my home office to be decorated, and my wife nixed it. I wanted to have all the negative emails. I just thought it would be so fun to look at just the hatred that people throw for no good reason. I love that you. I love that you have that. Yeah, I do. That, that really it kept me honest, and uh, uh, some things happen. You know, and I never mind people calling up. You know, I really don't like you know when you do this or, or could you do this. I said sure. You yeah. know, I'm glad to talk to those guys. Yeah. But when they just blowing off steam, yeah, uh, one time I talked back to a phone call. I was going through some bulletins, some severe weather was going on. He right. called me. I'm trying to take the calls at the same time. And uh, I thought he had said, it was something like, I thought he had said, uh, you can't fool me. You know, I, what he was trying to say was, I can't see. He couldn't oh. read the bulletin. Oh, yeah. I'm blind. Oh. And when he said that, I thought he was reacting to me saying, you know, I know what you're trying to do. You think I'm blind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I went off. I went off on him. I really. He said, and he kept trying to interrupt me. He said, "I'm blind." Oh. I thought, oh my gosh! From that day on, I never. Yeah. And the one trick that I, I learned that somebody that's really mad <clears throat> don't say anything. I mean, you know, hi, Dave Marsh weather, and they just started laying into you. Don't say, yeah, yeah, well, okay, yeah, no. Don't say anything. Yep. And they keep going. Finally, they stop. Don't say anything. And there's silence. Are you still there? Yeah. 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 
Okay, just, I just wanted to let you know that. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, Thanks so Cynthia me. Ross. The threats. Don't forget the threats. The what? Threats. <laughs> I had my life threatened. You you did. Oh, uh, I lived in Daytona Beach. Normally, a letter that hates you, you know, you just deal with it. This was sent to my house with the correct street address. Oh no. Oh yeah. Threatening me, uh, uh, I'm from originally from Ohio, and they accused me of stealing some money out of a slush fund in Cleveland. You know, I thought, well, this is kind of, I was near Toledo, yeah. and uh, they just, uh, I'm going to get you for this. I thought, well, that sounds like a threat to me. Yeah. And uh, so I thought, well, it was sent to me out from out of state. And I thought, well, maybe the FBI could do something. Yeah, right, right. So I took it out of the FBI. And I had to rewrite it. I mean, copy it because the writing was all scribbling. Right, there. right. And the, the FBI agent read it and said, well, Mr. Marsh, he says, in our experience that if somebody's going to kill you, harm you, they're not going to tell you about it. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it makes me feel good. <laughs> feel a little more comfortable. <laughs> and, uh, and I had another one sent to the station, correct address, and I'm going to get you. I saw you walking out of the post office, and I'm going to get you. That's frightening. Oh, I thought, where do I hide? Wow. <laughs> I, I, that's, that's a merit badge that I have not yet received. And I'm, 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 well, I'm well, I hope you don't because it's scary and it's stuff. And I'm afraid there's a lot of that type of thing yeah. going on right now. Well, we, and that's what's nice about this, this little group is that when the weather's quiet, we do talk about things about life and, and it is a real positive environment. So I, I like, there's always the trolls and we kind of let them go, but you know, um, it's a nice little group. Cynthia Ross says, Dave Marsh, what a great guy. I was one of his weather watchers. I remember his first day on air appearance with Charlie Stump, who ended up, who ended up replacing this really dates me. So Yeah. Yeah, you'll get a kick out of this. Right, my very first weather show it was a noon show. It was three minutes long, and I did not go two fifty nine or three oh one. I went three minutes. Yeah, I had that thing planned out so well. Yeah, and there were not computers to do weather in that day. Explain to the oh, no. to the children in the group what that even looked like. I should have brought my marker with me. Oh, geez. I had you know we had a plastic. The maps up there were covered with plexiglass and I would take white poster paint I take a bottle of neosnephrine it's kind of a nose thing you squeeze up your nose I yeah. guess when you have a cold anyway you could take because you could take the cap off I would dump out the ingredients and I would put the poster paint in there the old duplicating machines in the old days remember you used to crank those by hand oh yeah yeah used to have pieces of felt in there and I would take the felt and cut fashion a wick and I would put it in the thing. I would put the cap back on. If I was ready to go on the air. I would moisten it with some water to get the poster paint coming out. I still have that. I wish I had brought it to show you. That's okay. That's a, Well, we could always have you on another time to show that. Post, poster paint. <laughs> That's, and, and now, you know, and I mean, and, and certainly you, you, you worked with it. But like, you know, now there's, there's modern radar and, and these computer graphics that, you know, are, are, are unbelievable. You know, it's like. The way that technology has adjusted over the years is is something. Which, by the way, I'll have you know, this is the same radar you used. We just supercharged it. We put a ton of money into it. I had to fight tooth and nail, of course. Oh, yeah. But those battles. The, the resolution on this thing is mind-boggling. Because my first, time, my first time on the air at WESH was in 07, so very shortly after you left. So we never overlapped, sadly. Um but I remember what the radar was then, and 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 with the modern technology, I mean this this thing, this radar that 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 you know you had the chance to use. What a beast it is today! I'm telling you right now, Mister Marsh, that even if this radar is a little older than everybody else's radar in town, I will take anybody else on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they are good. As a matter of fact, when we got that radar, C um, band radar. And before that, you would never think about getting a C-band because it was kind of a local radar. Yeah. You wanted the National Weather Service because they had much better you know, resolution yeah. and all that. Much better. But then they started to come out with these new things that were just 
really, really nice. So that's the technology. We were the first with the computer graphics to Channel 2. We were first with the radar. We might have been first. I know we were first with a live shot, and I might have been the first one doing a live shot. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I'm not too sure about that. It was in Daytona Beach, and they were getting all this live equipment. The mini cams were just coming out. Yeah, yeah. Those were brand new. And uh, so we went down to Daytona Beach, on the beach. I remember the engineer getting out a big dish. I don't know, it was about a six-foot dish, I think. Oh, and he had to set it up on the beach, aim it to the tower in Daytona Beach, which right. is not in Holly Hill. Yeah. And then that would go to the transmitter, which those days was in Orange City. Yeah. And I'm looking, setting up, it looked like it was aimed at the sand dune. But he had it aimed, you know, and cranked uh -huh. up. But I did my weather from there. I might have been the first one. I'm not too sure about that. Though. See, this is a this is a Mike Kirby, Pat Gribben question to ask. <laughs> which, by the way, Pat Gribben chimed in and said, "Hi, Dave, miss you." Hey, great. He's retiring today. Hey, good for him. <laughs> so he'll be joining your ranks. All right. But wow. Okay. So the first. Well, and now. The, the kids, I mean, I, I've been in TV for 22 years, so I feel like I can call the next generation the kids. You know, the kids don't even know what a mast is because they'll just take a backpack and via cell phone beam it back to the station, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's amazing. Those are all the things that I had to adjust to, you know, being an old-timer. Uh, uh, sure. Not only in the field of meteorology, but also uh, in the TV business. Of getting used to it, the changes and and you know when I was in weather and I don't know when the changeover went I don't know if we had METARs when I left or not uh, but we just had the synoptics and you know that easy way the, the, the early codes of communication right. of weather you know all the if you write out a weather message by longhand right it would be you know five feet long yeah 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 so we, had put, we had to put it in, in code so uh and you'd have to decode it. The synoptics. And, uh, of course, they don't even use those anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they're still... Listen, when I was learning to fly, <laughs> coded METAR was a part of it. And, and I felt oh, like okay. I... Well, I had, the METARs, yes, but not, not the reality weather. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that type of uh, things. And, uh, yeah, I used to have to... When I was at the Fleet Weather Central in Kodiak, Alaska, we used to set up synoptics and, you know, the airways and... We used to have to take a surface map, put an overlay on it, and pick out high points of the map, the fronts, the lows, yeah, and high, yeah. with coordinates, and put that into a code. And then we had to send that out to the ships at sea. Yeah. So all that was uh, going on. So all, uh, it's all different now. Well, Satellites! Well, uh, yeah, you know, it, as much as it's different, it's it's all just the same. I, I um, Oh, my gosh. Why is his name escaping me? Hurricane Center Director... Before Bob Sheets. Neil Frank. Thank you, Dr. Frank. I, I had such a wonderful conversation with him talking about satellites and how, you know, and how technology has just changed so much. And here's a man, I think he's in his 90s at this point. Yeah, I'm sure he must be. And and just to hear the brilliance, not to, not, not to say that, uh, you know, I'm not in the face of brilliance here as well, but it's like to hear the, the brilliance of someone like you and like him, who worked through this onboarding of satellites and who worked through this technological adjustment. It's for someone like me who takes satellites for granted. It's, it's, I don't want to say it's funny, but it's just, wow, how did you do it before there was really commonplace real-time satellite data? Yeah. Yeah. I had that, a little bit of that when the interns would come in or, or young forecasters at the TV station and how, how did you do that back then? You know, well, skills. We exactly. You know, they say they had one. She was waiting for the, uh, the National Weather Service to put out theirs. And I said, your own, use your own. What I used to do, and anybody's in the weather, weather forecaster would be crazy not to do this, in my opinion, of not look what somebody else is doing. So if you know that they're forecasting yeah. and they're good, yeah. you look at what they're forecasting. Yeah. I would always make out mine first. And then I would look at somebody else's. Why is he, why is he, hey, go back and look. Yeah. No, he's wrong, I'm right. Right. You know, oh. Or do that, or yes. vice versa. Do that, then you'd be crazy not to do that. I, 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 do, I mean, I even do it on my competition. It's like, why are, why are they doing that number instead of this number? What did I miss? Because everybody has those different backgrounds, you know? Oh, yeah, exa exactly. That was, 
That was the, the big thing about when I was worked for the National Weather Service in Washington, D.C. <clears throat> and seeing the people that put out the forecast, how they did it. And uh, it was so crude, even up there at the National Headquarters. Yeah. yeah. I remember we had to make the maps, and after we would amp, I would do like the, the, the 12, 48 hour forecast map, which is a kind of a little map. Had two panels on it, as I remember. And uh, we used to have to put the, uh, the isotherms on it. And we would take one of those pencils, would have a, uh, a rubber around a rubber razor on the back, uh, on one end of it. Yeah. And we would cut notches in it, and we would run it across a red ink pad. Yeah. And that's how we put it on. This is the national headquarters. <laughs> that's, I mean, it may, it makes it makes sense, you know. If, now, if, and, now, and the maps were all uh, hand done, no computers putting things out, you know. Yeah. For example, we would do the national map. I remember up in Washington, they would cut the map into four. I think it was four or five parts. Because the information would come in from the southeast first, yeah. then it would come in from the northeast, uh -huh. and then you would do you would analyze or plot your part of the map, the southeast, and then you would take it into the analyst, and they would, and they make would put the it connection. under a piece of acetate. And by the time they got done analyzing that part of the map, the next part of the map would come in. Wow. They would take that together, and they would have it done, you know, less than an hour, and sending it out across the world. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, people don't know that was being done. No, no. Well, and I like to go back in case study events, so I, I kind of keep my head in these older weather maps, you know, these old surface and 500 charts, and it's kind of, you see the hand-drawn elements, particularly the further back you go, but it is it is interesting to hear how that was um, how that was done, um, you know, on, on that level. It's kind of wild. Um, so looking back at your career, what advice would you give to someone who's interested in in meteorology, whether it's television or whether it's National Weather Service? You had an unbelievable run. You've helped a lot of people. What's the one piece of advice that you would give? Education. <laughs> uh, first of all, you know, there are many, but there are probably, at least in my day, let me stick to that, in my day, people doing weather on television are not actually trained in it. I guess they have more courses people can take and God bless them if they take it, the more they'll learn, the better off of that you're going to be to make sure that you're not sending out bad information. Right. You know? Right. Make sure say, I don't know what that means. Ask somebody who does, you know, because you've got like me saying, you know, that hurricane looks bad. Everybody leaves for hard County. Right. You, have to, you know, to learn that. And also, if you want to get into television, <coughs> say, gee, I got a job. This is another reason that I'm on the TV and my voice is gone. That uh, uh, if you want to do it and you haven't done it before, there's a handful of people, <coughs> excuse me, that can get in front of a television camera and speak fluently, logically, and get the message across and have a nice voice to do it with. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. But most of us, just to be going myself, need to get trained, know how to do it. And you don't do that by going to New York City <laughs> and working at, you know, <clears throat> at a major network like right. that. You do that by going up to Yakima, Washington, Fargo, <laughs> North Dakota. Right. And that while you're doing that, being getting where you can get airtime. Yeah. And do it and find out what you're doing wrong and then start doing it right. Yeah. And while you're doing it, you'll be emptying the trash cans and you might have to do a news story or something else. Do it. No, don't say, no, I'm a meteorologist. Right. I have a degree in meteorology. Get up there and do it. And then after a year or two, move up to a bigger station. You're a little more quiet. You look a little more polished. Okay. And some of you may be lucky, like I was lucky, and just going, by the way, when I started in 68, I think the market size was about 60. Wow. Yeah, it was pre-Disney. Uh, there are, what, 210 markets or something mm -hmm. in the country? Yep, yep. Yes, it was something like that. So if you have people there, it has to do with population, how many people are there. 
So Disney came, that's when the growth started. Yeah. When I left, I think we were 18th or 19th. Yeah, yeah. 60, or rather 04, something like that. So I didn't have to move the market. You just, You're looking you... at one dumb, lucky person. Yeah. <laughs> Everything came to him, and uh, I'm so thankful. And uh, being down here, of course, uh, met my wife, and... Uh, People may remember that they made a big deal out of the marriage, you know. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, that's uh, that'll be 53 years ago <laughs> this year. Wow! Congratulations. Yeah, so, if you don't think you're an old timer, <laughs> that's my my wife and my um, sixth wedding anniversary is tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> so what's so what what's what's your advice to to a, to a kid who's been been married for six years? How do I make it to to 50 plus years? Uh, share, uh, just share. I'm okay with that. I love yeah. that. Can I, can I ask one more thing before we let you go and enjoy the rest of your day? By the way, can I tell you one more story? Please, 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 yes. We, we mentioned marriage to my wife. We went to a, uh, we went on vacation in Georgia. <clears throat> the park's closed now. I used to, it's a big park in Georgia. I can't remember the name of it. And uh, anyway, we stayed well, where are we going to stay tonight? And the, the motel was gorgeous. They were made out of white brick, and all the units were the same as the main office type thing, yeah. which was a house, the person's house. And that's where you checked in. Well, let's give this a shot. This really looks nice. So I went in, and that woman invited me in the house. And inside the house was this big, beautiful pipe organ. There was a grand piano in the other room. It was that kind of a house. So I went out, and I told yeah. my wife, uh, I said, when we check out, you want to check out and go look in this house that you got all the stuff and the paintings. She said, okay. So she went up there. She came back in the car. I said, what'd you think? She says, I don't know. She didn't invite me in the house, but she wanted to know if you were the weatherman or like <laughs> <laughs> So she never got to see the organ. Oh, oh, anyway. That's funny, too funny. funny yeah. Thanks. I love that. Well, congratulations to you on that and, and on, a, on a beautiful career. And I'm so grateful that you joined. Can I ask you to, w- would you be willing to just do the seven-day forecast for, for old time's sake? <laughs> oh, my gosh. You got 90s up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, for the next, uh, what, what, how many days you got? Three, four, five, six days? Wow. We, we do seven. Okay, this is Friday. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. It looks like we're going to have a hot weekend. The temperatures in the upper 90s and the lows, right? Average in the middle 60s and the upper 60s. Now, rainfall is going to be a little bit on the scare side. We've been dry for the last couple of months. We are in the dry season. But look for a few showers on Tuesday and Wednesday afternoon, and that'll be about it. It won't be a big help, but it certainly is better than nothing. So just get ready for those warmer temperatures coming our way. Oh my gosh, that threw me in a time warp. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you very much. My pleasure, glad to be with you. Uh, listen, have a have a great, great day, and and I do hope we keep in touch. It 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 it, it was wonderful to chat with you, and uh, best to you and and to your wife. Thank you for what you have done for for Central Florida for me, and 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 I hope you have nothing but sunshine ahead. Okay, I appreciate it very much, Eric. Thank you, buddy. All right, so that's it, everybody. That's that's today's drive-through. Um, I I hope you all have a wonderful day. Be the sunshine in someone else's day, and many many thanks uh, to Dave Marsh for hanging out. Take care, guys. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye.